Heyo, welcome in, welcome back. We really appreciate everybody clicking on this podcast, jumping in with us. I am Robbie Jeffries. He is Tom Corson of the TFA Dino Show. Tom, we're at episode 18. We're chugging along. And today we're going to be covering some of the dynasty rankings for players that Tom and I you know, just don't quite see eye to eye on here as we enter the 2021 offseason. You know, we're hoping to kind of paint that full picture for everybody uh, on these dynasty players, what we like about them, what we don't like about them, kind of give that view around the globe, if you will. You know, Tom, before we fight, before we, you know, go at it, I want to play nice and ask you how you've been, check in on you. How are you? I've been good. And uh, one other thing to mention about uh, we're going to be going over our rankings, obviously. We have a third ranker, uh, CJ Lang, Clubber Lang. Um, and he was going to be on here, but he had something come up personal. So um, we were, we might throw out some of his rankings as well. Um, so, yeah, we'll have him on in the future to talk about all of our rankings. But, Robbie, I've been pretty good, man. I mean, okay. you know, aside from craziness going on in Philadelphia uh, with, the, with the Eagles, they're a mess. Um, but, yeah, I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. You know, Tom, Tom, you know, I, I know you're hurting a little bit, but I just want you to know I wouldn't trade you for anything unless it was Victor Oladipo, four first round picks, a couple other players and, and swapping yeah. half my first rounds for the next five years. Then I might oh. trade you. Then I, then right. I might. It's understandable. And I'm glad the Sixers didn't give all of that up. Yeah, and it's not even James Harden that they're they're trading for. They're they're trading for James Harden in a fat man suit. Oh yeah, he's unzipping that, and he's just gonna come out fully ripped now. Like he's like, got to because this was planned. Yeah. It's it's. I, I don't even know. All right. Well, we had to get our, you know, obligation of at least once per year mentioning the NBA. You know, we've done yeah, that now for the next three hundred sixty-five days. So check. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, we, we like to do a little question off the top. You know, we'll, we'll get to these rankings and we'll get to the disputes. I know everyone likes to see us kind of go out a little bit. But first, you know, I want to just lighten the mood a little bit. You know, what's your best all-time TV show? Uh, you know, I have a list of like 25 that I wound up writing down, and I like all of them. Um, I think Game of Thrones is probably my number one uh, in spite of the way it actually ended. Um, it's just, there's so many twists and turns. If you read the book, it's the books, it's, it's really good as well. Um, but yeah, there's the character development that they did was, was unreal. I think a, a current show that's still on Yellowstone's really good. Um, and Peaky Blinders is amazing. If you haven't uh, watched that, um, the wire, obviously the boys on Amazon prime. If you, if you watch that, that's, that's amazing. Uh, that's off a comic book series. Um, did you watch 24 back in the day? I did not. Oh, Jack Bauer. Ooh, ooh, that's a pretty good one. Um, you know, Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, that's good. House of Cards was really good before um, Kevin Spacey. Yikes. Um, Narcos is a really good one. 
True Detective season one, really good one. Um, and if you're gonna go not serious shows, like I just mentioned, football shows, Blue Mountain State and the league are are outstanding. For sure, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I didn't I didn't realize we should have done a top ten. I literally just yeah. you know brought in one. Um, yeah, I couldn't but, do it. You know, it, and you know, it's interesting when we we're going to have CJ on, I was like, okay, I, I think I know maybe where CJ is going to go. I kind of have an idea where, where Tom was going to go. I was not ready for you to say Game of Thrones because that was my choice. I figured you guys were going to talk about oh, all these yeah. shows that I haven't yeah. seen because you're always hammering on me because I haven't seen any of these movies because, you know, I was born in 93 and you were born in like what World War II. I don't even know. 82, man. Back in 82, <laughs> I could throw a football quarter mile. So on, I, I figured you're gonna have some some old school show like Mash or something, but you didn't. See, we picked the same show. That's kind of kind of showing a little bit of similarities here. Are you a millennial technically? No, no. I'm right on the outside of it. Yeah, like it's it's weird how long it spans into the '80s. But okay, well, if, if I am a millennial because of the time, I'm definitely not. Yes, I would be the I would be the grumpiest millennial, just just kicking the <laughs> shit out of all of them. Just because of their stupid genes and uh, what a, there it is, what a punch! You, you went full uh, get off my lawn mode there, and I appreciate. Yeah, that. pretty much. So yeah, just just uh, kind of dipping into mine. It, it is Game of Thrones. You talked about it. They they absolutely kind of failed on on season eight, but that that entire show just builds up. If, if you read the books, it just builds the books pretty well. You know, obviously, they can't fit everything in there. But, but just the, the way they're able to do a lot of cinematography. Um, you talked about the character development, that a lot of it gets ruined in season eight. But, you know, that, that show, uh, and then you hit on a lot of other ones. I really like Peaky Blinders. I really like Narcos. I think those two shows are really similar. Uh, what is it, mob, gangster type of, of yeah. feel. One's just set in the, the early 1900s uh, England, and one's set in, what, 80s in, in Mexico. Uh, well, Mexico and uh, Colombia. Wow, Colombia. Yeah. So Colombia and Mexico. I'd say Mexico is actually the not quite as good spinoff there, but Colombia version is definitely uh, up there. So yeah, some shows that if you guys haven't seen, we definitely recommend, and, and we definitely want to hear some from you guys as well because there's a ton I haven't got to, including one I'm embarrassed to, to say, but I will say it on this podcast, Breaking Bad, have not seen it. It's Ugh. on the list. Yeah. Don't yell at me. So, so yeah, so speaking of shows I haven't seen – uh, my wife and I are actually going through Boardwalk Empire, uh, oh, yeah. and that's a really good one too. Um, have you seen Black Sails? No. It was on Stars. That's about pirates. Oh, that's that's pirates. pretty. That's pretty cool, man. That's that's a good show. Ozark's another really good one, and uh, Band of Brothers. If you haven't seen that, then that's amazing. And uh, The Walking Dead was it's pretty good. Kind of tails off a little bit there. After the 16th season or whatever they're on yeah. now. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So it's safe to say Tom ha has watched a couple of these all-time great uh, TV shows. You know, I I'm really glad you said Band of Brothers. We've talked about that one actually before. That's uh, mm -hmm. really well done. HBO, 10 episodes long. Definitely recommend that. But, Tom, we need to jump in to the media show, the off-season dynasty rankings and, and some of the disputes and just some of the the thoughts with some of these players who either really switched from 2019 to 2020. We need to figure out what side of the coin we fall on, or maybe they're coming up in a contract year or something's changing their offense. There's a lot of players I think that we've picked out that are really good. And let's just start out with Lamar Jackson. 
Um, on our TFA rankings uh, overall between Yumi and CJ, we have him at QB5. CJ has him up at QB2, right behind Mahomes. You have Lamar Jackson at six, and I have him down at nine. So, you know, I'm going to let you go first. You're not quite as high as CJ, but you're definitely um, having right right outside the top five QBs. You know, after he he regresses a little bit here in 2020, you know, what are your thoughts on Lamar? Yeah, CJ actually has him number three overall. So I'm I'm well off of of that pace. Um, so it was the QB ten this year. Uh, Averaged 22.8 fantasy points this year after averaging 28.1 last year. Um, so that is a, a big drop-off. Came down to earth after just destroying everybody last year. I think we all saw that coming. Uh, we knew the touchdown uh, regression was going to happen. Um, he threw 10 less than he did. It was just the efficiency that he um, he had in 2019. Just It just wasn't there. It couldn't be there. Um, I do think... He could he can be a, a thirty touchdown guy, um, and then he can add another you know six or seven rushing touchdowns. So I think he's going to wind up being somewhere in the middle of where um, he was this year. I think he can get better. Uh, the big thing with him actually developing is going to be uh, they need to invest more in that wide receiver position. Um, they have Hollywood and they have Andrews, and that's that's it. That it's gross after that. I mean, Des Bryant's 86 years old. Uh, Willie Sneed. I mean, don't disrespect my guy, Miles Boykin. I know people love Boykin before the season, but he's he's just a jag, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, they need to invest in that wide receiver position, and they'll be good to go um, as far as Lamar's development. And um, yeah, I I think a great fit there would be a Rob. Um, if he went to Baltimore, then I think that bumps everybody down as far as like Hollywood would be great in that number two role, stretching the field. Sure. Um, when a Rob is actually taking, you know, that, that best corner away and they can't necessarily bracket, um, Hollywood, they have to pick one. I think the passing offense would take a big, uh, step forward. So, um, that's, that's my take on Lamar. That's why I have him in the middle of it. I think. You know, he, he can get better as far as if they invest in that wide receiver position. And um, I think it'll just make everybody better. I'm, I'm projecting a little bit there. Yeah. So in, in 2019, we obviously saw Lamar go bonkers, set the world on fire. He set fantasy records all over the place. And then in 2020, we saw kind of that, that step back quite a bit. Now, we had predicted a little bit of regression passing touchdown percentage went down from 9% down to 7%. There was no way he was going to keep up 9%. And that 7%, I'd say, is still pretty high. I know that they don't pass a ton. They're more of a run first. So when they get down to the end zone, um, they, they can throw more touchdowns, and that's probably what keeps it higher than your league average of about, what, 4.3%, 4.5%. But I still think that might drop in future years. You know, his attempts, completions, and completion percentage all regressed in 2020. His adjusted yards per attempt went down a whole yard. Um, and then his yards per rush went down. You know, he was averaging seven yards per carry um, in 2019. It went down to 6.3. And he also regressed in attempts. So I guess my thought is he was QB 10 in 2020. Not bad at all. Not not dissing Lamar's game at all. I just think we are maybe still ranking him off of that elite season because we saw the ceiling, right? Like the season is QB 1, like record setter, right? 
but now we've seen it in another year. Defensive defenses have seen another year, and I think we're starting to get some regression there. And and another thing is, I think maybe they run with him a little bit less just as time goes. Not a ton less, but just a little bit less. Um, he stayed healthy, which is, was my biggest knock on him. People thought I was crazy for ranking Dak above him um, in my projections coming into the season, and I and I honestly just thought, you know. Lamar is just runs so much. I just feel like he has a better chance of getting hurt than Dak. <laughs> Look what happens. Of That's course, Dak the year. Yeah. How ironic is that? So, you know, he, he stayed healthy. So I can't really say, you know, Oh, what if he gets hurt? Cause any, any quarterback can get hurt, but I would say when you run it 170 times in a season, you probably have a more likely chance of getting hurt than your quarterback who only runs, you know, 60 to 80 times in a season. So I guess all, all of that combined, He's still a QB one for me, but I, I think we this 2020 version of Lamar is is more of, of who we've seen now. If they can improve at the wide receiver position, I think that does help him out a little bit for me. But I think I know this team's identity. They want to run the football. They want to run with Lamar. They want to run with J.K. Dobbins, who's going to be there for a while. They want to run with Gus the Bus, who I think they will resign. Um, he is a restricted free agent, so. I just don't know if those attempts ever creep up past, you know, the 450 mark. I think he only threw 427 times or something like that. So there, there's just a limited, I, I can't say there's a limited ceiling, right? Cause we saw the ceiling, but I think that was uh, a year to, to be remembered, but I'm not sure if he returns back to that year. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if he, I, I really don't think he will, but I think he can go up from, that QB 10 position. Um, I think we chewed that up pretty well. Let's move on to our next player. We have Baker Mayfield uh, overall uh, 12 amongst us. CJ has him at 11 and we both have him at 16. So we're going to stick in the AFC North there. Robbie, you want to lead us off? Yeah, I will. And so I did some last minute uh, adjustments. We were all doing a little bit last minute adjustments because we knew there was a ranking show coming up. And I actually dropped Baker down a whole spot to QB 17. And, and, and those slight adjustments along with yours actually dropped him to overall QB 14. So he's just outside of our QB one range. So I'm actually the, the lowest on him. I'm one spot lower than you. But my, my thing with Baker is, he had a really good season, right? Wouldn't you say from a just actual QB real life year, he had a great bounce back year and probably just an overall pretty solid year, right? Yeah. Right. Problem is he was QB 25 on point on a point per game average. Like mm-hmm. his good season means he's not even a startable quarterback in the super flex. He's, he was mm-hmm. QB 25 and that's not even including Dak. So if Dak stays healthy, uh, he would have beat him. Um, you know, I just think that we've seen bad Baker and we've seen good Baker and can he continue to get better? Sure. But what does better mean? That means he's uh, a low end QB one at at best and a high end QB two, or does he stick around that 20 mark? Baker's really at a crossroads for me. You know, he's on the edge of quarterbacks. I feel comfortable with in in dynasty. I have him around like the, the Kirk cousins, the Matt Stafford's, uh, the Teddy Bridgewaters, they're the guys that are like, you know, as my 2BQ, I feel fine. If he's my QB1, I'm terrified. I, I think we're going to find a lot more out this next year because then he, he's already, what, 26. He'll turn 27. And, and we're not, again, I said this last episode, I'm not trying to push guys over the edge with age too early. But I think at a certain point, you know who most quarterbacks are. They don't 
flip this Ryan Tannehill switch five years, six yeah. years of their career. You kind of know who they are. Um, so I, you know, I'm not sure what his long-term outlook is, is if he is QB 25 in a good year. So that's why I'm kind of hesitant on Baker. His youth still keeps him up there. That's why he's QB 17 for me. He's still uh, ahead of some of these guys that are definitely unproven. The Drew Locks, the Daniel Jones, he's slightly above both those guys, but not a guy that I'm looking to acquire. Yeah, no, he definitely turned into a game manager this year. And like you said, it worked well for the Browns as a team, and it worked well um, for his, you know, NFL quarterback, uh, you know, just how good he was there. But I think we all expected them to run a lot, but after OBJ got hurt, it forced them to do it even more so. They were fourth in the league in rushing attempts with 495 and had the 28th, um, most passing in terms of 501. Yeah, that's almost a 50-50 run pass ratio, which in the NFL, today's NFL, that's almost unheard of. Um, so that's that's pretty crazy. That that has a lot to do with where he was, uh, where he finished, where we have him ranked, um, because we Chubb's not going anywhere. Kareem Hunt signed an extension. That That's that identity of that team right there. So I, I think we're seeing – somebody like Kirk Cousins, exactly like you just said, where the offense is going to be main, mainly running and then he's going to work in some play action and, and he'll be good enough to, to win games. But as far as fantasy speaking, I don't really know. And then the other thing we haven't even baked in yet is we're going to rank Trevor Lawrence above him. Justin Fields will be above him. Zach Wilson will likely be above him. Um, so yeah, he's going to drop even further. And big thing for me is he just doesn't have the the volume to be that top 12 quarterback anymore. Tom, we are going to transition to uh, running backs, and we're going to start out with Antonio Gibson. Now, this is a player that uh, a close dynasty uh, individual that I follow, Dwight Peebles, was hyping all offseason, and he just absolutely set the world on fire from where he was drafted and the expectations going into the season. He is overall running back 20 for us. I am at 14. I'm highest on him. You were at 19, and CJ is at 21. Kind of explain your thinking with Antonio Gibson as we enter the offseason. All right, so, yeah, and a lot of people whiffed on him because of his usage in college. They were just really negative about it and saying that he wouldn't succeed. But having him ranked 19, it's not necessarily a negative um, reflection on him. It just shows how deep that running back position is. Uh, I couldn't rank him above Aaron Jones, J-Rob, Mixon, Zeke, CEH, or Montgomery, and they're all like right in front of him. I just couldn't do it. I like Gibson. I think he answered a lot of questions this season about whether or not he can handle a decent workload. He had over 200 touches, missed two games as well. Um, really three games because he only had two two carries in the game he got hurt. So he impressed me a lot. I'm just higher on the other guys in front of him. No, I think there's a lot of guys kind of in that, what is it, maybe running back 12, 13 range, all the way to running back 20. And if you have yeah. them at 19, I honestly, I haven't done tiers yet, but I bet they'd all either be in one tier or maybe two tiers at, at worst. There's just a lot of guys right there that, that are very close. And so, my my reason that I'm a little bit higher on him than you and CJ is just I think the best is yet to come. You know, as Frank Sinatra once said, 
the best is yet to come. And we saw Antonio Gibson, I think he just kind of laid it out over 200 touches. You know, he outside the game, he got hurt. He actually averaged 15.8 touches, which kind of seems weird because he was splitting a lot of snaps with McKissick, especially early on. He wasn't like just splitting. He was off the field completely. And then they started sharing the field a little bit later in the year. But, you know, that was an offense that was ranked third worst in offensive yards per game. I think there's a ton of room to grow there. You know, he has a strong line that he plays behind. You know, PFF ranked him as the sixth best offensive line. You know, Morgan Moses, Brandon Shreve. I think they have um, some guys there that, that did really well and, and a couple more that I'm, I'm forgetting. But they, they do have a better offensive line than, than some of these other situations. But that biggest threat, I think, that keeps him outside of run, running back one status for me is J.D. McKissick. He's got one more year on his contract. Um, it's a small contract, but there's no reason to let him go. He played really, really well for them as the pass-catching back in, in that backfield you know as i say that you know gibson also had a ton of pass catches or excuse me passes caught um, he had 44 targets i believe so he was involved a lot in that passing game as well but mckissick is kind of limiting that ceiling because i think he could be honestly like maybe not ceh level but i think he could probably get 80 90 targets in a season you know get 70 catches in a year that's what type of player antonio gibson is and that's why i'm a little bit higher on him because i see a higher ceiling eventually when the situation makes it right. You know, I, we talked about mistakes that we made, or at least new year's resolutions that we wanted to follow in 2021. And mine is don't worry about the situation. Look at the player's talent and situations change from, and I think it does get better for Antonio Gibson. So he was running back 13 this last year. And I think he definitely has the ability to boom and, and become a running back one. Yeah, no, he, he can. And like I said, he's in that tier. Um, so I like I like him. It's just, you know, there's a lot of people in that tier I like a little bit better. Uh, another guy in that tier that we're going to talk about next is James Rob James Robinson. J-Rob, as he's affectionately, affectionately known. Uh, overall, we have him 18. CJ has him all the way up at 12. I have him at 17, and you have him at 21. So I'm more in the middle um, I'll, I'll lead it off because, you know, I'll, I'll be a little bit positive and then you can come in and, and crush Fair. fantasy rats d- dreams. Cause that's what Fair. you try and do with J Rob. Oh, I'm always doing that. Yep. Uh, Kevin, yeah. I go back and forth a lot on James Robinson. Uh, I'll let you start it off, but I'll come in to crush the dreams. Yeah. So I think he wouldn't be ranked so low for a lot of people if he wasn't on the Jags. Uh, that That's not necessarily saying for us. I just think in the community he wouldn't be ranked as low. He played out of his mind this year, and I highly doubt they spend a high draft or you know a high draft pick on a running back. Uh, that's where I think there's a disconnect between you know his ranking. Uh, some people are projecting that you know they're going to bring a running back in there where I just don't see it. They have other holes that they have to fill. Um, and one other thing that was pretty telling, they shut him down at the end of the season, um, to, to keep him healthy. And that's for next season. That's not a guy that you're just going to throw to the curb. He's not Thomas Rawls, so to speak. Whereas he has a decent, you watch your mouth. And he goes away. You watch your oh, mouth. Oh, Thomas oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, um, no, he's, he's a very good player. He's not going to go anywhere. He can catch the ball. He can run. Yeah, it's a team who has a plan for him in the future. And with Trevor Lawrence coming to town, they have picks 25, 33, 46, and 65, in addition to that one pick. So 
Oh, by the way, they have 73 million in cap space. This team is going to get better in a hurry. So don't think of it as, okay, it's just the Jags. Uh, they're going to be a good team next year. And with Trevor Lawrence and, and all those picks that they have, they're going to be able to fix that line, uh, get some other wide receivers in there, whatever they want. So I'm excited for them. Yeah, no, I think you have a lot of good points there. I like how you you point out their, their cap space. Um, that actually worries me a little bit for them. I, I think that almost adds to why I maybe have them a little bit lower. There is a ton of free agent running backs that who new coach comes in, who knows uh, what he wants to do at running back and the rest of that offense. Um, yeah, them holding him out was probably a little bit more to secure that Trevor Lawrence pick than, than uh, oh, James stop. Robinson up. So, yeah, again, I'll say this every time. I'm not a James Robinson hater. I have concern with his long-term outlook, as most people should with any UDFA. Now, he set a new standard for undrafted free agents. That is absolutely fair. He's unlike anybody else we've seen from undrafted free agent running backs. Well, we probably haven't seen since uh, Arian Foster, you know, long time ago, right? So it's the conundrum, right? Cody and I talked about it about a month ago. It was the James Robinson conundrum. Should you move him? Should you acquire him? You know, he, he gave us all the goods this year, but could this change in 2021? I think that's question is why I keep him at 21 because am, are you taking him over Antonio Gibson? I'm not. I know Antonio Gibson's role in that offense. I know it's not going to get worse. It's only going to get better. Um, I know they're not going to bring in another running back. They might keep McKissick. Um, that, that's going to be his threat. Uh, I'm not going to have him over J.K. Dobbins. I know J.K. Dobbins' role is secure. I know they're in a run-first offense. If they keep Gus Bus, that's his biggest threat. That's fine. He's still going to perform. Uh, long-term, he's good. Uh, Miles Sanders, I can't uh, take him over uh, James Robinson over Miles Sanders. Uh, Mixon can't take him over Mixon. So I guess kind of like you said with An Antonio Gibson, I just can't put him over some of these other guys that I've either seen them do it before, which we've seen James Robinson now do it. But, again, I don't know what's going to happen there. If, if nothing happens and they bring in Trevor Lawrence and he's the only guy there, he'll definitely come back up the ranks. I can't knock something that's not there anymore, but there is a big mystery. And, and I guess I'm just curious about what happens there long-term with the undrafted free agent running back and a new coaching uh, system coming in. So why do you think that they would, do you think they're going to draft somebody or you think they're going to sign somebody? Either. And I mean, I'm, so, so why would they waste one of those higher picks when they have all those holes that they have to fill? What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Right. There, I, I think from, if you're talking about it, team needs, like what do you need to to fill starter spots? I think absolutely. But Tom, if I if if I'm the NFL owner and I come up to you and you're the GM and I say, so what does our running back uh, room look like? What's our running back depth look like? And you said to me, well, we have James Robinson, who was really, really good for us last year. Then we have this guy named Dari Ungumbawale. And then we have, well, Chris Thompson's done. We have Divina Zigbo, maybe. Raikul Armstead, maybe. Some of these guys might be gone. I don't know. If you told me that was your running back room, I would tell you you are definitely going out and making a move either in the draft or in free agency to bring in somebody, whether it's behind James Robinson or competing with James Robinson, that running back room is easily one of the worst in football because there's just nobody behind him. I mean, they were bringing in Daria Gumbawale a lot more at the end of the season. You saw James Robinson's snaps actually dip quite a bit. Uh, Divina Zigbo had four catches in week 15 or 14, uh, and then – uh, Daria Gumbawale, obviously, once James Robinson went out, full work workload, but he was starting to mix in as that pass catching back. So you already saw someone kind of taking pass catching work away from him. I think he's a really good talent, played really well last year. I'm just, again, I'm trying to look at long term futures. I said it with Travis Fulgham, who's obviously a way shorter, uh, flash in the pan player. Uh, there's just a, a history of these guys not panning out long term. Am I, could I be wrong on this one? Absolutely, and I'll adjust if, if it shows that way. But more often than not, they bring in competition on these players. I think they're going to bring somebody else in. I just don't think it's going to be one of those higher capital picks because, again, if you look at their picks, I don't think they're going to spend 25 on a running back because there's still other good players there. Um, I don't think they're going to spend 33 on a running back and I don't think they're going to spend 46 on a running back. That puts you out of the Etienne and Najee Harris uh, range. And after that, I'm not really that concerned about other running backs. I mean, Javante Williams, um, he's going to be in that second range, but I don't think they're going to take a running back that early. So I think they could take one in the, in the fourth, possibly the third at the earliest, but that's why I still like James Robinson a lot. Sure. What if they brought in a free agent like James White? What would that do for you? I James Robinson is still the guy there because sure. What yeah. where does he rank? James, do you keep him where where you have him? Do you lower him? Do you raise him? What does that do for I you? I mean, I might I might lower him two spots and put him Right now I have him above Aaron Jones, and I'm probably going to flip that. So he's probably going to wind up being 18 for me. And I would probably put him under under Gibson if that happened. So I'd probably yeah. have him in 19. So I'm trying to look. So Gibson, you flip him and Gibson, you said? Then who's yeah, your running back 20? 
Yeah. Who who is your running back twenty? Oh, Who's Eckler. So, so then that'd be your that'd be your cutoff. You'd keep him above Eckler. Yeah, because of age. Yep. So you'd probably have him where I have him ranked at running back twenty one. If they bring in James White, yeah, yep. somebody okay. like that. Okay. So it's basically so you're we're predicting not, we're they not don't really bring that far off. Yeah, you, you're predicting they don't bring anybody in. I'm predicting they bring somebody in that just takes a little bit of that pass catching work and it just drops him down uh, just outside my top twenty. So okay. we can keep chugging along. And, you know, this is another name that's come up quite a bit uh, this fantasy season for for better and for worse. Uh, Josh Jacobs. He is overall running back seven for us. Uh, CJ has him at five. You and I both have him at 11. So maybe there won't be as much dispute between you and me. Um, but if you had to make the argument maybe for CJ, why he has him higher, maybe give a pro argument. And then if you have a, a other thoughts, give those as well. Well, I mean, he's had over a thousand yards in each of his first two seasons. He should be more involved in the passing game. Um, he had 33 receptions this year up from, I believe, 20 in year one. Um, so he should get more targets. Uh, my big concern is his, his yards per carry was 3.9. You know what I mean? Um, he has good volume, and right now he's a volume running back, and that that's it. Um, he only had three runs of over 20 yards or more, and he didn't have one over 40. Three running backs right ahead of him. Are, are more explosive. That's a difference for me. Dobbins had eight runs of over 20 yards. Akers had four over 20. Swift only had one, but it was a 54-yard run. And those three rookies were brought along slowly. And by the end of the season, they all looked better than Josh Jacobs, in my opinion. And I really like Josh Jacobs. I just like the other guys a little bit more. I think that he's going to get the volume, so he's going to wind up being a, a good fantasy back. Um, I just, I like those other running backs better. Yeah. With this particular player, I, I think we have really similar notes on him. So there probably isn't a ton of disagreement here, but it was quite the year for him. He, he trolled us all a little bit in week 14. Uh, so I'm sure some people who uh, sat him uh, when he, he, he wasn't playing, I, I'm sure that leaves a little taste in their mouth, but I try not to let that affect uh, the rankings here. Um, and then he has the DUI, right? Um, just after mm-hmm. there. Was that week seventeen? Um, yeah, he, he has the DUI. So just just some things that are kind of I don't know how big they are and if they matter long term, but I think they're just little things to note. You know, you know, it's if you're maybe you're splitting hairs between two players. I think they're little things to note. You said it. His efficiency just took a nosedive in 2020. You know, I'm unsure why both his his yards per reception and his yards per carry both dropped by a full yard, but he went down to 3.9 yards per carry, 7.2 yards per reception. And you said it. The only thing keeping him propped up as a running back one right now is he's 23, or he's about to turn 23, I should say. He's not even 23 yet. February is the birthday. And, he, and he's – just has a huge workload right he's getting 250 no probably 300 touches right we're 300 touches so he's a running back one for me but i don't see that top five ceiling and that's what keeps him in this back half but if we see multiple years like this he's and this is saying the obvious he'll drop but i think he's just a running back that because of the volume because of his age you like him, you're going to start him, not asking too many questions. But if you're talking about someone who can make the leap, like I was talking about Antonio Gibson earlier, I can see Antonio Gibson making the leap from running back two to, to middle to 
somewhere up there in, in the upper echelon of running back one. That's a player I can see that. With Josh Jacobs, unless that, that efficiency goes up, I don't see it. Yeah, he is who he is. All right, let's move on to wide receiver. <clears throat> We're going to hit on C.D. Lamb next. That's Robbie's boy. Overall, he's a 13 for us. Uh, Robbie, you have him at 9. I have him at 11, and C.J. has him all the way down at 19. So I'm just a little bit off of, of you, um, and C.J.'s way off. So I wish he was here to kind of explain that. So maybe we can get him to, to drop a video or something about why he hates C.D. Lamb. Uh, maybe he just, you know, doesn't like sheep or something. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> the uh, own up, the own up video. Yeah. Own up on the hate. Yeah. I, I think his thing is, is he has Cooper ranked above him. I think he still really appreciates what, what Cooper does on that offensive side of the ball. And, and I do as well. You know, C, CD is a, is a player that I think just has immense talent. It's probably Justin Jefferson talent. They're, they're a little bit different in terms of wide receivers, but you know, he has that dynamic wide receiver one ability. I think what keeps him just a little bit down as a lower end wide receiver one for me is just the the competition he has for targets around him with Cooper, with Gallup for this year. Obviously, they throw their tight end a lot. And so if Dak gets resigned, which I think he will, but there is that risk that's probably baked into his price a little bit. But if Dak gets resigned, I think they they continue this this very pass happy offense that I thought they would have in 2019, in which they did for the first five weeks. And I think that's what what keeps him high for me right now. And as he continues to progress and, and slowly take over as the wide receiver one, we got to remember that Gallup is a free agent after this season, right. after this upcoming season, 2021. Uh, Cooper, everyone loves to point out that Cooper has an out in his contract after this next year as well. I don't think the Cowboys use it. I think the Cowboys really like Amari Cooper, but I guess you can continue to have that as a potential um, in in cd lamb's ascension to the wide receiver one in, in dallas but honestly we've seen multiple offenses support two wide receiver ones cowboys were doing it through the first five weeks and, and we've seen the bucks do it with godwin and evans you know we saw the vikings do it for most of the season with Thielen and jefferson um, we saw julio and ridley both were, were crushing when they were both out there so I think this is an offense that can definitely support two wide receivers as wide receiver ones and just CD's age is just great as well. So he's right up there. I have him over a lot of guys that that probably others don't, but uh, he's a top 10 wide receiver for me. Yeah. He's right outside the top 10 for me. Um, with, if Gallup leaves, which I think he will, um, do you think CD Lamb's going to shift to the outside? Cause he was almost exclusively in the slot this year. I guess that depends on the other personnel there. Um, you know, do they move Noah Brown or Cedric Wilson, who are two of those next up wide receivers? They played a lot on the outside. Cedric Wilson came in from Mari Cooper um, a lot. Amari Cooper, his snap share isn't really high because he just comes out a lot after plays. It's I don't know if it's just a little mix and injuries, but those guys got a lot of run this last year and they were playing on the outside. So if those guys are the ones filling the shoes, yeah, I think CD stays in that slot if it's, you know, they draft somebody or sign somebody that's a smaller wide receiver. CD's obviously able and capable of playing on the outside as well. So they could do that. But I do see him staying in, in the slot um, with their current setup. Yeah. Um, I have him at 11 right now. I thought about ranking him over DJ Moore. Um, DJ Moore has been awesome, though, last two seasons, and he hasn't had a great QB. I think 
they wind up upgrading their their quarterback, which is why I'm projecting DJ um, above him a little bit. Uh, he was the only guy I thought about moving Lamb over, so you could argue ranking him 10th, and I would be fine with that. But I can't rank him above any of the other guys I have above him. Uh, that's nothing against C.D. Lamb either. I, it just speaks to how deep that wide receiver position is, especially at the top. And one thing that shows is how long you can wait to get a top-tier wide receiver in, in any kind of startup. Uh, I think those are really good points. I, I think the pushback I would give with you – with, with DJ Moore. And, and again, you said they're really close for you. I think I have DJ Moore at 12 and CD at nine. So they're not that far off for me. It's just DJ Moore doesn't find the end zone quite to the level. I think that CD will. And um, we saw CD just go left, right, and center with touchdowns in college. And then he comes into the NFL and he starts off right away with, with some touchdowns. He finished zero with five, which isn't great, but more than DJ Moore had uh, in his couple seasons here. So I think that's something that I like. And then you talked about them maybe improving their quarterback situation. Let's say they do. Let's say they definitely improve it. I still don't think it, it matches maybe what the Cowboys will do with if, again, if, and I think it will, uh, Dak leading that that offense again. I think that's a system that we saw absolutely go crazy. It almost seems like it was the Buffalo Bills offense, right, where it just didn't matter who they were facing. Uh, they could go off and, and throw for 350 yards and three touchdowns. And I thought that's the Cowboys offense we saw for the first five games. Um, and, that, and that's hopefully what we could have saw for the, the entire season, but hopefully what we'll see here in 2021. So I think that that leads CD lamb to have a lot of opportunities in the end zone. But like you said, they're really close. I'd take CD um, in a pinch though. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. That's perfectly fine. Next guy on the list is Juju Smith Schuster. He is overall wide receiver 21 for us. CJ has him at 16. I'm at 20. And then you're down at 30. I think this is one of our bigger uh, discrepancies. You're 15 or 14 off of CJ and, and 10 off of me here. You know, what's what's your thoughts with Juju here? So I actually originally had him ranked at 35 and move it, moved him up a little bit. Um, so, yeah, since AB left – He's shown me that he's not a number one wide receiver. He lined up in the slot almost 85% of the snaps this year. Uh, 735 of his of his 831 receiving yards were out of the slot. He had 97 catches this year and couldn't get over 900 yards. That, that is kind of, was not the, kind of the entire offense because we saw the same thing with Deontay Johnson, right? And Deontay Johnson was kind yeah. of this down the field guy in 2019. I just think Ben didn't push the ball down the field. I think you look at any of those guys outside of Claypool who was their deep threat guy and their yards per reception were all low. Yeah. I mean, but still um, that's crazy to me that he didn't get over 900 yards with that many catches. Um, I usually like slot receivers, but when he was lining up in the slot in 2018, um, he had a B and he was actually explosive. That's the big difference. I mean, you would see him, I think it was a 98-yard touchdown on Monday Night Football where he took that slant and just took off. Um, he had five catches over 40 yards that year. This year, his long was 31. 31 yards. Um, so I think a new team could be beneficial to him. I don't think he's going to be back in Pittsburgh, um, but we're going to have to wait and see on him. Uh, so depending on that landing spot, I might move him up. 
Um, I probably will move him up if it's a better situation, obviously. Um, but yeah, I just, he's not that guy that we saw in 2018. Yeah, we, we, we talked about the peak, I think, with Lamar. And I think we saw the peak probably with Juju because that offense was unbelievable that year. Juju and AB, absolutely dynamite. And I don't think we see that that type of Juju again. Right. What, what's so frustrating with Juju this year, and it was kind of all of those Steelers wide receivers, they all kind of went in, in spurts when you were like, this is going to be a Deontay week. It was a Claypool four-touchdown week. And then you're like, okay, well – uh, Juju had the most targets though. So I'm going to start him. And then he was a dud. And then you were back to Deontay Johnson. Cause he had a, just a ton of targets. You know what I mean? Like there was just a revolving yeah. door and I don't know if it was others in DFS, but I always seemed to be kind of missing. I was one week behind with all these guys, but you know, Juju had a good year. He was wide receiver 16 on the year. Um, you know, he had some good 20 point weeks in PPR. I think he had one, two, three, four, uh, yeah, four 20-point weeks. I mean, he had some boom weeks, and, and the problem is he had some dud weeks, obviously, like like most wide receiver twos do have. But like, like you said, I think a new team would really benefit him, and that's what I'm projecting. I do not think there's been really no indication that the Steelers want to re-sign him for the money he's going to be uh, worth. And, and so I do think he finds a new team, and I think that's why I'm kind of a little bit excited about him because if he gets to that right fit, I, I definitely think we can see him at least retain his value as a top 20 wide receiver, if not get better. And so that's why I have him as wide receiver 20 kind of uh, right inside there. He's a wide receiver two for me and still young, right? Like we're talking about someone who was like one of the youngest players to enter the NFL. Uh, yeah. And, and and so the youth is still there. And I think there's no reason to, to think he's going to be worse than a wide receiver two, unless he lands in just a horrendous situation, which is possible but uh, I think it has to be a pretty bad situation for me to drop him outside of my top 24. Yeah, no, I, and I understand that. So we'll see about him. Uh, we're going to move on to DJ Shark. Do, 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 DJ Shark. Do, 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 DJ Shark. Do, 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 DJ Shark. You like it. that? Yeah, oh. I love it. Um, so when we decided to talk about DJ Shark, yeah, shark, I'm, gonna, I'm actually shark. gonna I'm gonna cut that that song okay. you just did, and I'm gonna have it for your son, for Cody's son, because whenever I vox with you guys, you got yours. The sons are always chapping in the background. You guys are chirping, they're banging stuff, they're hitting stuff, destroying yes. the house. They are. I'm gonna give them that video, that that audio, so they can hear it, listen to it. And they're like, yes, this is what I need in my life. My son, when that thing comes on, he just stops and he's like. It's it's pretty crazy, but when we when we said we were gonna talk about him, I was like, blah, that's just kind of boring, and I said it was kind of boring to you, um, and then I started thinking about it more, and I got intrigued because Trevor Lawrence is gonna be there, so he's the number one target there now. Had ninety three targets in just uh, thirteen games, and next closest wide receiver there was Lavisca Chenault. I expect Chenault to take a leap forward this year. Um, I also think they're gonna add a wide receiver either in the top two rounds or through free agency. Um, they need to surround Trevor Lawrence with weapons in order, in order to succeed. Jacksonville has been planning for this for years and everything's aligning. I have no idea what that wide receiver room is going to look like in five months. I don't think shark can move up any higher for me right now. And once they add players, I think he's probably going to move down for me, but right now he's at 25. 
Yeah, DJ Chark is interesting. I have a contract league. It's Dynasty, but once the contract's up, you you have your option to resign two players. The rest of them get thrown into free agency, and then there's a free agent auction. And he was a, a player I got in this year's free agent auction. Really excited about him. Um, with with Gardner, you know, they they matched up pretty well in, in 2019, has had some good moments. And so I was like, all right, this will be a good guy to slot behind my Keenan Allen. I had CD, um, DJ Moore. So I was like, this will be a good, you know, wide receiver three or four for me. And he just really wasn't, man. Like he just never really cracked my starting lineup. I think at the beginning of the year I, I did because he had a, a couple of good games. But, you know, look, pulling up his numbers here. He had 146 receiving yards and a touchdown in, in week nine. Outside of that, he only had two games over 62 receiving yards. Yeah. And week, week two and week four, yeah, there was a little injury there. So coming off yeah. the injury, I don't know if I – I don't remember if I started him coming off an injury. But he was just – I had a ton of bad weeks or, or mediocre weeks. And outside of that one boom game and two pretty good games, just a disappointment. Now, can that get better? New coach. Uh, Trevor Lawrence most likely coming into town. Yeah, I think it can. We 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 saw what Burrow did for T. Higgins. We saw what he did for Boyd before Burrow went out with his injury. We saw what Burrow did. Excuse me, not Burrow. We saw what Herbert did for Keenan Allen and, and a little bit of Austin Eckler, right? So we've seen rookie quarterbacks come in uh, and have immediate success for their wide receivers. So I think that's possible. But you hit on it. LaVisca Chenault, I think, is a really good talent that they're going to continue to get involved in that offense. I do think they they bring in another wide receiver. I think Conley is on the last year of his deal. He might be out. DD, they're basically done with. Keelan Cole's on the last year of his deal. What do they do with him? You know, if they bring one of them guys back, absolutely. But if not, I think they definitely uh, bring somebody in. And I just don't see DJ Chark as that. He's the guy. He's that wide receiver one for Jacksonville. He's going to be a stud. I'm like, I like him. But wide receiver two at best, if not just outside. So that's why I have him just outside uh, of wider two, wide receiver two range. Yeah, he might be more suit like better suited to be a wide receiver two on yes. Jacksonville if they can bring a yes. stud in. Yeah, that and I think that would actually help his fantasy outlook too, because um, it's going to take coverage away from him. Because right now they could bracket him and do anything they wanted because that was the only wide receiver they had. Yeah, the last thing I want to say about uh, DJ Chark is that that 2019 season where he saw kind of him ascend and, and the reason he's so high on a lot of our lists, you know, his catch percentage is only 62%. The thing that really went well for him is he connected on so many deep balls with Minshew. So yeah. he's he's kind of known as that deep ball guy. He had one of the fastest 40, fastest 40 times in the 2018 combine, um, which is really what made his uh, draft stock shoot so high when the Jaguars took him. What was he, a second round pick? Uh, I I believe so. Yep, yep, 61st overall. So if he didn't have that fast 40 time, he would not have gotten that draft capital. But like like you said, I I completely agree. I think he's a better number two. I don't know if they bring in a wide receiver one, especially after just taking LaVisca last year. So I think we have a wide receiver room next year of a bunch of wide receiver twos, and I think that's just what holds me back a little bit with DJ Shark. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand that. Um, you want to move on to tight ends? Let's do it. All right, we're going to talk about Logan Thomas next. Overall, we have him 16. I have him at 12. You have him at 15. And CJ has him at 26. So he's basically dead to CJ. 
Yeah, um, I think I don't know if CJ's quite updated his tight ends yet. Yeah. Um, like we said at the beginning, he's had some stuff going on. I'm assuming, uh, maybe I'm making assumptions, but I'm assuming he'd have him higher than than tight end 26. So if he would adjust his, I bet Logan Thomas would be right there in the low teens for us, maybe tight end 13, 12, uh, 14, somewhere around there. Um, that Perhaps. would be my guess. Yeah. Uh, but Logan Thomas had the rare fifth-year breakout. Yeah, he's 29 already. He impressed me uh, this season, but like I said, he's 29, so that's why he's he's lower for me. He had the seventh most receiving yards among tight ends. Uh, he had 670 receiving yards. Uh, has decent hands and had the sixth best yards after the catch among tight ends too. So um, he had 292 of those. So he can run. He's not just you know Zach Ertz when Zach Ertz would catch the ball and fall over. So he was running after the after the catch. Um, that is actually eight yards better than Evan Ingram, by the way, who we are not going to talk about. Uh, but, you know, Evan Ingram's dead to both of us. Uh, but, yeah, Logan Thomas, better than Evan Ingram, huh? I think if you have a young tight end, <laughs> I think if you have a young tight end who you think is a year or two away, like Cole Komet, um, Logan Thomas is the perfect guy to try and acquire while you're waiting for him, and then you can start him there, and then you have, uh, you know, your guy waiting in the wings. No, I think that's a really, really good point of this is a guy that, you know, 29 isn't crazy old for tight ends. We know tight ends take a couple years. Um, I think Travis Kelsey's 30, and, and he's yeah. been rocking for, you know, five years as tight end one. So 29 isn't horrible. If anybody listened to episode four, uh, talked about Logan <laughs> Thomas as a, as a potential uh, sleeper that you could pick up on your dynasty waiver wires for free. This is a guy that has ascended to the, to, to the top of that depth chart above Jeremy Sprinkle of all names. Jordan Reed has left town, and, and he obviously balled out. The only problem was Robbie wrote many, many, many articles of tight end streamer uh, options for week one, week two, week four, week five. Logan Thomas is your guy. He's running the fourth most routes of all tight end. He's getting – what was it? He was getting like five or six targets. He had eight targets week one. He had nine targets week two. He had seven targets week three. I was always like, this will be the week that he breaks out. This will be the week. And then he goes one for eight, one for four. Just crushed me in my streamer yeah. articles week in, week out. But if you stuck with him and, and kept him on the roster, he eventually paid off. You know, he was a top 10 tight end this season. And like you said, that age is what keeps him down a little bit for me um, at tight end 15. I'm not going to do the uh, Tyler Higby um, flip and bump him up into my top 10 after just, you know, a handful of second half of the season games. So he's going to still stay outside of the top 12 tight ends. But like you said, he, if, if you're in a double uh, two tight end league or tight end premium league, and you kind of need that bridge tight end, I think he's a really uh, good asset that you could maybe get for cheap. If you didn't listen preseason and grab him up for free, he shouldn't cost more than a third, to be honest. If he does, just wait it out because I definitely think there will be a couple of down games. All the tight ends have down games, and then you can maybe swoop in and get him. But I personally, like I said, uh, with Antonio Gibson, I'm excited about Washington's future. They had a really bad offense I just talked about earlier, how they were you know, third to last in offensive yardage. But they still have three top uh, fantasy assets in Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, and Logan Thomas. So I think there's a lot of room for them to grow uh, this upcoming year, if they can turn that offense around. 
Yeah, no, I agree. That offense is just missing a quarterback, and then they could be really good. Yeah, and he's going to drop a little bit for me, uh, especially with Kyle Pitts coming in the league. He will be ranked ahead of him. So, Pat, Fairmuth. Pat Fairmuth as well, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He'll be a, probably above Logan Thomas as well. So he'll be 13 or 14 uh, at best for me. So, yeah. Yeah, that was a good little teaser uh, on some of the rookies we are going to be previewing. Um, we're looking at doing uh, free agents next week. So there's a lot of uh, individuals, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, that are hitting the end of their contracts. Will teams resign them, extend them? Will they let go of them? Tom and I are going to hit on all those guys and kind of kind of parse out what we think is going to happen with their dynasty value. But after that, we are, we are going to get in. I know everyone's really excited to get into these rookies. Uh, Tom and I are still doing our research. We don't want to talk to you guys about any of these rookies before we've done our homework. And, and we've been watching college football, but I, we really like to dive into the tape, take a peek at them before we kind of spew our thoughts on the airwaves. So uh, stay tuned for that rookie talk. It is coming here later in January, early February, as we get more information, as we get closer to the combine. So stay tuned for that. Tom, anything else? No. Good to go, man. Good episode. Ready to come back and talk free agents next week. Absolutely. All right. For Tom and myself, we'll catch you next time. See ya. From shore and down under a right whale bore The captain called all hands and swore He'd take that whale and tow Soon may the whale man come To bring us sugar and tea and rum Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.